National security on so many fronts becoming an ever more concerning issue. Uh, America's foreign policy doctrine. Where are we and what is needed? And when we look at China, what is truly needed in the form of a grand strategy to deal with an ever-evolving threat and a threat that has expanded capabilities based on technology and political influence, not only around the world, but here within the United States. This is also on our shores. I'm joined by Robert Wilkie, uh, most recently former Secretary of the Department of Veterans Affairs and a former Assistant Secretary of Defense and current visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation's Center for National Defense. Uh, Secretary Wilkie, great to have you back again, sir. Uh, A grand strategy that's needed to confront China on so many fronts including here in our country, what do we need? Right. Well, well, thank you, David. Thank you for having me and raising this, this topic. And I'm going to start by going back uh, in history. We faced challenges before, and there are a lot of graveyards that are filled with people who underestimated the United States. But I think in those periods, we had, be it Imperial Germany, Nazi Germany, the Soviet Union, Imperial Japan, uh, we were led by people who who openly adored this country and felt that it was their duty not only to defend the sovereignty of the nation, uh, but to show the world how free people behaved. And, and we don't have that right now. Um, we've seen our Secretary of State berated by the Chinese foreign minister. All he could do was respond with Ivy League pieties about America's imperfection against a country that's murdered 100 million of its own people since 1949. Uh, And now he's asked the Human Rights Council of the United Nations, Cuba, Russia, Iran, to come investigate the United States' condition of of racial injustice. So that's that's the big problem. The second problem is one that you have you've articulated. Um, we don't have any strategy to China. Uh, you see in our everyday lives from the NBA to Silicon Valley to Wall Street, uh, we've surrendered the initiative to Chinese bullying, a so-called Chinese investment. I know at VA, when we found many instances of, of people stealing veterans records, invariably it was Chinese researchers attached to uh, research university. So we need a sea change in the attitude of our leaders and the attitude of business people who are giving the Chinese rope. Second thing, um, we need to understand that this is a regime that is bent on replacing the United States as the center of the world. It, It calls itself the Middle Kingdom. That is its historical tradition. And Xi Jinping wants to be considered along with Mao Zedong and Deng Xiaoping, one of his predecessors, as as the greatest uh, of all Chinese leaders to restore China to where it was about 1,500 to 2,000 years ago. So we have to look at it with clear eyes. We're not doing that. But again, there were other nations that challenged us in these ways, not as pernicious as the Chinese, because the Soviet Union was one-dimensional. Um, but it's not an invincible power. Uh, 
we have so many levers that we can pull to respond to these people, but we better do it quickly or uh, we're going to be in a world of hurt. One of China's more effective and overarching strategies is to present itself differently than the Chinese Communist Party really is. I got a history lesson recently uh, on Che Guevara, who was a Maoist versus Fidel Castro supported by the Soviet Union. That was a lesson from 60 years ago to the point where Che Guevara was shot and killed. They have always in China operated under different guise. And to loop in what you just said about business in America and how the role, how they can play a role, uh, they like the access to Chinese capital markets, to Chinese customers, but we're interconnected. And China is not overwhelmingly so strong against us on the economic front that we couldn't engage them if business was so willing. So China hiding itself in plain sight, as they do in America, the Thousand Talents program, inserting themselves into our education systems. And then you get the actions recently of the Biden administration on someone who was actually under indictment investigation, indictment, and prosecution for being a Chinese spy in America. I mean, put this together, and most reasonable people will say it's not that we don't even have a grand strategy that looks to the peace, but we don't have a strategy that deals with the present. Uh, That's right. Uh, We don't. And we have friends in Asia who are scared, Uh, They are looking to the United States to provide a buffer uh, against Chinese encroachment in their in their lands, in their territories. Everyone from Vietnam to Malaysia to Singapore to Australia. And we send the secretary of defense uh, to Asia with his hand outstretched at the same time. The other hand is cutting the defense budget. So uh, we do have mixed messages now that you, you have talked about it from years about the Biden family and its connections with China and and how they've soft-pedaled Chinese aggression for many years. Um, But we do have a clock uh, that is running. One thing that Reagan did when we faced a similar military situation with the Soviet Union, uh, they came up with an admiral named Gorshkov, who was a genius. And his vision was to take the Soviet Navy, which had been really more of a Coast Guard than a blue water Navy, and turn it into a global power. And they started moving out, as the Chinese are, from their territorial waters and started threatening people, uh, countries all across the world. What Reagan did uh, with his Secretary of Navy, John Lehman, not only beefed up the Navy to 600 ships, But their strategy was to pin the Soviets in their home waters to make them think twice about moving into the blue water because we had the capability with our forward naval presence of making them worry about their homeland. And uh, we don't have the ships right now to do that, uh, but uh, we have done it in the past. And if a response to China to deter them is going to be a military one as well as an economic and cultural one. Um, we need to command the seas and command the air. Uh, Those are our great advantages. But uh, 
our, our qualitative advantage has the potential to be overcome by a quantitative advantage. They have 100 shipyards. We have 10. And they are, they are moving rapidly. When it comes to another area in the new technology space in the cyber world, uh, China has, for lack of a better term, a cheap way to conduct warfare, information warfare, psychological warfare, add the components of social media and the fact that we've allowed China to literally buy into Radio broadcasting, for example, AM radio, FM radio in this country, networks in major markets that are partly owned or heavily influenced by the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs under the CCP. How do we counter that? Well, we need we need an awareness on the part of of the country. Um, We need people uh, to wake up. Uh, They have to be told by their leaders what this threat is. And, and as you've talked about in the past, it's not just that. It's something as simple as the National Basketball Association and its coddling of, of, of Chinese, the Chinese, criticizing our country at the same time that they're engaged in a country that has concentration camps and labor camps all over its, uh, all over its territory. So it's incumbent upon people like you, conservative political leaders, um, to start sounding the alarm. Uh, We still have time. China has many vulnerabilities. The Communist Party has become more oppressive. Um, They have still 900 million people who live no better than their ancestors did a thousand years ago. Um, they have debt that is staggering, even compared to what we have. We're talking about debt that's 159% of their, their GDP. So, and and, and they, they have to import all of their energy. So we have, we have advantages that we can take care of. But the other thing we need to do, and that is actually stand up for America. Um, you know, our United Nations ambassador welcomes uh, Iran and Russia to our shores to tell us how evil we are. Um, And and that's incredibly uh, corrosive. It's dangerous because if you can't defend us even rhetorically, then how are you going to defend us, one, kinetically, and two, in terms of our our economic position in the world? Um, There are a lot of vulnerabilities we can exploit. Uh, but we have to start moving quickly. Former Assistant Secretary of Defense as well, Robert Wilkie, a visiting fellow in the Heritage Foundation's Center for National Defense. Uh, you know, I go back for a moment to May of 2014. And in May of 2014, our Department of Justice announced a federal grand jury indictment of Officers from the People's Liberation Army Unit 61398, uh, based in the Shanghai province. This unit responsible for a majority of the Chinese computer hacking attacks, tied closely, obviously, with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Where is our Justice Department today? Because they can play a role in this. Right. 
Well, uh, unfortunately, if you look at the travails of our attorney general, they're not concentrating on China. Uh, they're concentrating on portraying an America that uh, existed 50, 60 years ago. Uh, and we don't see that. The other, we don't see the, the attention on, on Chinese espionage, um, Chinese infiltration of our research uh, institutions. Um, give you an idea as to where the Chinese are just in terms of basic hacking. Um, there are two divisions, and a division in the United States Army is about 24,000 people. It's a little larger in China. There are two divisions of the Chinese People Liberation Army that are just devoted to hacking U.S. Air Force systems. Uh, I don't know how many of their divisions are, are dedicated to just hacking the other services, but you, you get the picture. Um, uh, we haven't been aggressive enough in encountering them, or I would argue countering Iran. And Of course, the Israelis give us an example of what can be done by people who have a clear strategic vision and a clear understanding of whom the enemy is. You look at what they've been able to do uh, to their Iranian enemies. Uh, the last thing I will say is um, we've got to stop the rhetorical nonsense of this administration that China is uh, some sort of benign competitor. It is not. Um, it, is a, it is a hostile power whose only aim on the world stage is to replace the United States as the most powerful military, economic, and cultural power on the planet. It's not any more complicated than that. Um, but if you don't start from that position, then you see what's going on at the Justice Department where they're relaxing uh, their focus, the focus that the last administration, my administration, the Trump administration, had, and um, we're more vulnerable than we've been in years. Yeah, and if we don't pay close attention, they will continue to advance their strategy at our expense. And a final point on this conversation, certainly not our final conversation, Secretary Wilkie, is what does China replace if they are able to supersede America what do they replace America with as a system of government? What do they replace other systems in other nations with as a system of government? The most right. oppressive system in the planet's history right. with a death toll of over 100 million dead right. and growing. Right. Well, what they, what they would create was a, a, a system of nations that are cowed by Chinese imperialism, Chinese aggression, uh, they will be able to pull the levers as to what those nations do. Um, no matter what form of government uh, you'd see in amongst our Pacific neighbors, um, it would be Chinese uh, money, Chinese muscle calling the shots. Uh, but let's also look at the positive. I think many of our allies in Asia have wakened. They're awake. Uh, Japan has been very clear that they are they are rearming. Uh, they put out messages in the last few weeks that an encroachment on Taiwan is a direct threat to the national security of Japan. Um, we see the same with Vietnam. Vietnam has fought a war with China in our lifetime. 
They actually won that war in 1979. They have no use for the China, for Chinese domination. And all around, going to India, which has fought two wars against China in, in our lifetimes. Um, so they're awake, but they need the bulwark, the American bulwark. We have to, as I, I've written in, in National Review, um, we have to um, open up the spigots. We have to sh- start sharing military technology with our allies giving them easier access to our systems that they can buy to also to engage more forcefully in joint training, bringing those military officers here so that we, we, we create a joint uh, environment uh, that the Chinese will have to uh, uh, take cognizance of uh, before okay, they, they venture uh, out even farther into the blue water. In Practical, simple, and even in conflict terms, as India has had border incursion issues within the last couple of months with China and actual, uh, you know, shooting incidents, it could be as simple as arming those with weapons that can penetrate Chinese armor, bullets that can penetrate Chinese armor. And, you know, to the point for those in America like myself and like you and others uh, who believe that America needs to be more strategic and always we cannot we can't be everywhere in the world. The stronger those neighbors to China are, the less we have to be there in a boots on the ground capacity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we showed that we showed that in Europe, and and also I'll just give you an example from the Trump administration to why your point is is right on. Um, Putin was pushing the boundaries with Ukraine; his troops were massing on the border. Um, it was pretty clear under the Obama administration that they were going to let Putin have his way, and the only thing they sent to the Ukrainian military were meals ready to eat. Uh, the Trump administration immediately reversed that. We sent to the Ukrainian army and air force missiles that could take out Putin's tanks, his helicopters and his planes. And lo and behold, the Russians pulled back. What's happened since then? The Biden administration unilaterally cut off those military supplies to the Ukrainian army. And now the Russians have once again massed on Ukrainian, the Ukrainian border and they are, they are making incursions uh, into Ukrainian territory because they sense weakness. It's not Where a complicated formula. No, not at all. It may be complex in other ways, but simple in the principles. And that's where the doctrine comes in. Uh, Secretary Wilkie, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. And thank you, David. And thank you for what you do to take the message of freedom uh, to the country. Thank you.